we are joined on the phone right now by the editor of Habs Eyes on the Prize from SB Nation, Andrew Berkshire. Welcome back to the program, sir. Why, thank you, Dave. How you doing? I'm okay. Uh, I want to make sure you're okay. Oh, I'm totally fine. Oh, good, good. Because uh, there was some concern a little earlier today when this trade came down that, uh, that maybe you wouldn't be okay. Well, I think everybody seems to think that uh, being critical means somebody's having a nervous breakdown because there's a tendency in Montreal to support uh, what's going on while the ship is sinking and not get on any lifeboats until it's, you know, all the way in the water. So I believe the term, and, and I'm ripping it straight off of Colbert's speech at the, um, the White House uh, media dinner a few years ago, is rearranging the deck chairs on the Titanic. Yes, exactly, exactly. So the Montreal Canadiens have traded Rafael Diaz for Dale Weiss. Your thoughts? Well, the thing is that it's not a crippling trade, but it's very indicative of the way that this club is managing its assets. You don't take a guy who's been giving you fourth defenseman minutes, second-pairing minutes, make him a healthy scratch for 10 of the 12 games and then trade him at his lowest point point for a 13th forward or fourth line grinder it's just not smart especially when you've got a guy in the lineup who's an unmitigated disaster who seems to be immune from criticism uh could the canadians have traded Raphael bs for more at this point probably not i'm embarrassed to say but who exactly are you referring to that's the unmitigated disaster right now uh douglas murray okay you uh, you can't be you're lucky jay ferrar isn't here (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course. He always gets upset. But the fact is, you can't be an NHLer who's been outscored 25-5 to 5 while you're on the ice and be immune to criticism and being a healthy scratch. He's basically the worst defenseman in the entire NHL at this point, and yet Tarion is in love with him. Mike Spry and, disagrees. Mike? No, I mean, I think it's an easy call to call him the worst defenseman in the NHL right now. I mean, he's not... I don't think he should be logging the minutes he is, but I just think that this I think it's a nothing trade. I think it's a guy who wasn't going to be here when the season ended. For a guy who might be here next year, if he's a decent, you know, a decent fourth line player, he has some speed, he has some size. Diaz wasn't going to stick around with with Bully and Tenorti waiting in the wings. I mean, you had to. And what did it, did they convert the asset perfectly? No, but it ends the conversation. You know, we can move on to bigger things. Well, the conversation, and I think Andrew will agree with me, now becomes uh, what is going on in the upper management of the Montreal Canadiens. Right, Andrew? Well, that's definitely it. And the problem is that they have a very big problem evaluating talent. They've got guys, they felt it necessary to extend Francis Bouillon last year. That's been a disaster. He doesn't even play anymore. They felt it necessary to sign Douglas Murray, who has brought nothing positive to the Montreal Canadiens. And healthy scratching a guy like Rafael Diaz, who for the last two years has been on the ice for the fewest goals per minute of any Canadian defenseman. If you don't see the value in that when the goal is to outscore your competition, I'm not sure what to tell you. I think we saw the writing on the wall with this, though, Andrew, when uh, when Diaz didn't play the day that he was named to the Olympics. Yeah, I think you're right about that. And I thought that was really embarrassing on behalf of Michelle Therrien to do that to a player. I don't really care how you feel about a guy, but when a guy gets a thing like being named to an Olympic team and you make him a healthy scratch when he's actually playing well, that's just embarrassing. And it's kind of funny that uh, everyone's bending over backwards to protect this administration or defend this administration. If Peter Gauthier had been the one to do this trade, 
or uh, Jacques Martin be the one to scratch Diaz the day after he got named to the Olympic team, I think Montreal would be going absolutely ballistic. Funny, because I feel like the city's already kind of going ballistic, and maybe that's just because I spend too much time on Twitter. Yeah, I think Twitter's kind of a different demographic, though. And from just judging by my mentions, whenever I say anything remotely negative, I think the large majority is still very positive about this team, which is kind of surprising considering the run they're on. You should be following, uh, ladies and gentlemen, Andrew on Twitter. He's at Andrew Berkshire, B-E-R-K-S-H-I-R-E, for all of your Habs information and occasional snark, definitely. Um, what would it take, Andrew, for you to become a fan of Michel Therrien? Ooh, he would have to completely change his system to what he was doing last year. I mean, that's really all it takes. I mean, what he was doing last year made me a fan of Michel Therrien. I think, personally, I like the guy. I think he's funny and engaging. I just don't think that he knows what it takes to make a winning hockey team. And I think that uh, it's, it's only going to go downhill from here. I, I wouldn't be surprised to see a guy like Douglas Murray get a contract extension just like uh, Francis Bouillon did last year. Yeah, but that's not Ontario. No, it's not. But the thing is, he's the guy who's playing him, right? He's the guy who decided that Douglas Murray is going to get paired with P.K. Subban for three games. You know, uh, he's the one making the roster decisions. So we can say that Bergevin gave him a uh, crap deck, but he took the worst cards in the deck and put good ones off to the side. You know what I mean? To you, where does the blame lie? Is it with Bergevin or is it with Terrian? Oh, I, I think they both deserve blame. I think, really, who gets blamed more depends on your personal bias as a fan. I mean, if you don't like Bergevin, you might blame him for the guys that come in. I've seen some people say that Murray is a Tarian player and Bergevin wouldn't have signed him if he had a different coach. But honestly, I think it's pretty obvious that they see fairly eye to eye. We're in conversation with Andrew Berkshire on Game Night OT on TSN 690, Dave Kaufman, John Kakalakis, and Mike Spry. I'm wondering, Andrew, if uh, the kind of reaction today to this trade is indicative of what I think is problematic within uh, all Canadian cities in terms of their hockey teams, is that there's a real lack of patience. We're maybe a season into the new Michel Therrien era, a season and a half into Michel Bergevin. The team is in fifth place. They're in a playoff spot if the season ended today. You know, the, the world is not falling apart. I mean, don't we have to... I mean. I'm playing a bit of devil's advocate here, but couldn't we preach a little patience and see if Bergevin actually has a plan that goes longer than a season to build this club, not into a team that's going to lose in the second round, but a team that's going to perennially compete as a team like the Montreal Canadiens should? I, I see the value in that, but at the same time, how many years now have we been hearing two years from now the Canadians are going to be a contender? Last year, they were one of the best teams in the NHL. People will argue that they overachieved, but the fact is there's numbers to see if they did, and they really didn't. They got a bum luck playoffs where they got knocked out in five games by a really hot goaltender, even though they outplayed Ottawa four out of the five games. And I think they just overreacted, and they've gone backwards in a big way. And, you know, patience is great and everything, but until Mark Bergevin shows us something to look forward to, I don't think he gets that luxury. He had it to begin with, coming in after Gauthier, where he had that you know, aura around him of, we don't hate this guy, he's a new face. <laughs> but he's kind of ruined it. Well, and, and I guess when you look at the deals since, none of those deals say to me, and, and I'm sort of responding to Spry's question right now, they don't say, I have a plan. They don't say, 
you know, and before you were on, Andrew, Mike was talking about the four-year plan put in place by the Seattle Seahawks to win the Super Bowl versus the one-year let's sign the big guy and go after it by the Denver Broncos. And not that the Canadians went after the big guy. George Paros isn't the big guy, uh, except for maybe physically speaking. Daniel Briere was not the big, you know, catch of the offseason. What has Bergevin done? And I think that's where, where Andrew's concerns come in. And that's where it's hard to say, yeah, there's obviously a plan in place. I, oh, sorry. Go ahead, Andrew. Oh, I was just going to say, I, I agree with that. I think that if you look at Bergevin's moves, I tweeted it earlier today. He's brought in four fourth liners, two depth scorers, one of which he let walk, and three seventh defensemen. That's the totality of his contribution to the Canadians' current lineup, not counting prospects. Now, Briere, he's okay. I think you can make him fit, but you probably can't make him fit at the same time as Dernay. And it's really hard outside of Brandon Prust for me to think of a guy that Bergevin brought in that made the Canadians a better team. And even Brandon Prust, his contribution is limited because he plays injured 80% of the time. Yeah, I mean, that's the testament to the kind of player he is, that he would play injured, though. And I think, frankly, that's not that I want guys to play hurt, but that's the kind of guy we want on our team. Oh, absolutely. In the playoffs, you want Brandon Prust. But at the same time, I think during the regular season, he might have to be one of those guys that gets held back a little bit to save him for the playoffs. Because last year, he came back from a shoulder injury early, and he injured himself really badly in the playoffs, and he was completely ineffective. I can't help but think that, um, and I agree that some of Bergevin's moves uh, seem to make absolutely no sense. But to me, if there is a plan, I think his plan is that he doesn't believe in this team last season. He doesn't believe in this team this season, at least not as a contender. And that's why you have Murray playing minutes and not Jared Tenorti. Um, and that's why you got rid of uh, Diaz, because he's not part of who's going to be here two, three, four, five years down the road. I would like to hope that these moves are indicative of a longer-term plan, a plan that'll make the Montreal Canadiens the Detroit Red Wings and not a team that's going to have it luckily and then fade back into mediocrity. I think that's a, that's a good point. However, if that's what Bergevin's trying to do, then he shouldn't have signed Subban to a two-year bridge contract. He should have went long-term for as low dollar as possible in order to get him signed for less money long-term because he's got Subban cheap right now. He's got Eller cheap right now. He's got Galchenyuk cheap for this year and next year. Same with Gallagher. The bigger contracts those guys get, the tougher it is to build around them. So this year was actually probably their best shot. The East is weak. They have a really good core with guys on cheap contracts entering their prime in Subban and Eller. But instead of actually going for it, he's just kind of piddled around. Andrew Berkshire is the managing editor for SB Nation's Habs Eyes on the Prize. You can follow him on Twitter at Andrew Berkshire. Follow the uh, Habs on the Prize, Eyes on the Prize website as well, uh, Twitter fight feed as well, at Habs EOTP. Andrew, thanks so much for your time tonight. Uh, thank you for having me on, guys.